What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Virgins Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. You look freaking good today. Just want to let you know that. You look good. You smell good. You reek of confidence. And if you're a new listener, welcome. So excited to have you guys. This podcast is aimed at elevating your business and real estate in 2023 and beyond. As we like to say here, we are boots on the ground. We are doing the work and we're sharing what's working for us. Uh, we interview agents all the time, top producers here in our area. You are going to get the inside scoop of success stories, strategies, uh, failures even, all sorts of stuff pertinent to the real estate industry. We're so excited to have you. My name is Jordan Brown. I am at Jordan Sells ATX on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, YouTube. And we got John Michael Perez. What's going on, buddy? What's up? We're wearing the same thing because both Jordan and I are going on vacation next week. You should check us out on socials, like he was saying. And I am at at John Michael Perez on Instagram. Go check me out on Instagram because that's really where I've been. I've been vibing, as the the Gen Z say it. <laughs> <laughs> I got my W Riz, bro. Yeah. 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 So we've got a really great episode lined up for y'all today. Um, we're gonna do a, a little bit of chit chatting, and then we'll get into it. But it's it's gonna be the rookie to rock star. Uh, we did a class on this. Uh, when was that? Earlier this year. Yeah. Earlier this year, and there was a lot of really great content in there that or uh, pieces of I think advice. We had, yeah, I think we had a, a decent amount of agents. Uh, 30 to 40 agents and they they loved it so i think we're going to be repeating this class um over the ages absolutely probably improve it over the years yeah i think we want to add to it because you're right it can it can be it's kind of evergreen you know you can use it in all kinds of applications and we've done um it doesn't matter when you plug in this class it's still relevant and what it is is we're going to go over kind of things that Things, mentality that differ between rookie agents and rock star agents. Because both you and I were there, right? Yeah. And we wish we would have known the things that we're about to teach you back then, right? Exactly. Um, and a little bit about, if you don't know both Jordan and I, um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and then Jordan will tell you a little bit about him. But I was a server for eight years. And before that, um, I lived in a dilapidated trailer, was on welfare, we used food stamps to eat, to eat, um, and it was just a really tough time. And then, you know, once I graduated high school, I started this metal band with Jordan Brown, and that was super fun. Like he was saying with some friends of ours yesterday, he said, Jordan was saying that we both seen each other at our highs, and we both seen each other at our lows. And Makes you really appreciate the highs. Yes. You know, because we, we've, been, we've been through it where, now we were doing what we wanted, you know, back in the band days, yeah. we were traveling, playing shows and across the country. It was super fun. But when you've got like 20 bucks to your name in your account and you're trying to figure out how you're going to sell merch to get to the next city, that's that's the low. Yeah. yeah. And not low. It's a fun low, but it's still low. What and now to, now to see, you know, John buying an incredible house with, I mean, he's got a freaking Tesla. He's got a wife and kids, beautiful family. Lots of things going for him, bro. Um, you too, man. You got a Tesla too. We're Tesla bros. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's cool that like we've gotten to where we're at in life together. We've gotten to see each other go through it um, and be cheerleaders for each other. Mm-hmm. So so really yeah. love that. What about you, man? What's going on with you? So uh, I am a retire <laughs> an ex corporate person. Mm. Um, I worked at AT and T for a long time. Uh, I w- I was really good in school, but um, college never really. 
I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think that's the problem with a lot of kids these days is that they don't really know. Like trying to, when I look back on it and realizing that like at 18 years old, I was trying to decide what I was going to do for the rest of my life. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not having that sense of direction, it took me five years to get a two year degree because we were doing the band thing. I mm-hmm. thought we were going to be the next Metallica and um, that didn't pan out. And so things, things kind of shifted. Uh, I worked at AT&T for five years, did the corporate ladder thing. I was good at it, um, but it was kind of soulless, and I didn't really feel that that was my calling uh, to, to kind of put it in a weird way. I, I wanted to, something more fulfilling that had uh, where I could work for myself, and real estate was that, that career path for me. So um, my I think first... one thing about you is that you've always been solid. Like You say what you're going to do, and you do it, right? And so that's why you've gotten to where you are. You know, you've sold three homes your first year. You were pretty much a glorified assistant at your first team that you were at. People were just telling you to go do things, and you did it, and you weren't even getting paid for it. And then your second year, you you made way over six figures, and there was just a skyrocketing effect. And now, you know, you... You, you're full time, which is awesome. Yeah, um, and you're seeing massive results. And we're just—I'm trying to help make that a reality for other people. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Is um, we've been talking to a lot of agents recently, and we tell them that there's enough out there for everyone to eat. Right, yeah. we want everyone to succeed, but we want to make good agents. We want to make great agents. There's a lot of bad ones. There's a lot of ones out there who are selfish, who hold their cards, you know, close to their chest. We are not those people. We're here to invest in others because I think that we can make a future of just really great, like a great community of agents. Yeah, 100%. I want to make, you know, somebody said, I want to make six-figure agents. Yeah, I want to make seven-figure agents. I want to make agents that have a net worth of over seven figures, right? Like, like, And honestly, it's possible if you have the drive, the ambition, and you surround yourself with the right people. And so that going into set, I want to give my quick pitch because we did it the last episode. Let's do it. Is that on Sunday nights at 7 p.m., our first – I don't know if this is going to be going out maybe right before our first episode. It might. Um, it I mean, not first episode, first power hour. 7 p.m., Sunday nights. We're doing a, a live Zoom call. Basically, 15 to 20 minutes, we're going to do um, a mastermind call. We're going to go over and try to give you as much value as possible. A lot of, st- not statistics, but strategies and tactics that both Jordan and I use to be seven-figure agents. And if you want to be on that call, it's completely free. Um, ask one Reach of us. Reach out to us on Instagram. That's yeah. the best way to get the link. Yep. Um, I'm not sure. We might be able to try to put it in the Spotify link or yeah, Apple Podcast yeah, yeah. link. Let's do that. Um, so, yeah, reach out there. If, if it's not there, reach out to one of us online. We'll Super get excited. excited. And it's free. There's no catch. It's just we're trying to get agents together and grow together because we know that the more we collaborate, the more we surround ourselves with agents that are doing more than us, then the quicker we'll get to those results. And so that's why we're doing it. So let's get into Rookie to Rockstar. You ready? Let's go, baby. Let's go. All right. So the first rookie mistake is that... It's okay to spend a lot of time on one lead. But in reality, uh, when I first started, um, I was focusing too much on one lead, right? And not enough of spending most of my time lead generating, right? And so 
finding that next lead, right? So yes, you know, your cousin says that they're ready to buy. Don't just focus on them the entire three months, right? Put them, uh, I always say, I always use this analogy. It's, it's sort of like juggling, right? You got to add more balls to the juggle until, and then once it closes, put that ball to the side, right? And then if you've got a new lead, put that ball into the circle of juggling, right? So it reminds me of that, uh, when Dwight off the office, he's doing the, f- or no, not Dwight, uh, Will Ferrell, he's doing the juggling in the office. <laughs> uh, that's what I look like right now if you're watching it on YouTube. Uh, but really, yeah, so you've got to make sure that you're trying to get as many leads as possible into that funnel and not focusing too much on one lead. Well, when you're new, you get that first lead, you're excited. Yes. And it's okay to be excited. But what you can't do is stop all the other activities mm-hmm. that got you that lead. Yeah. You know, you still need to service them, but we talk about it all the time. The actual real estate activities are like 10% of what your time should be. Mm-hmm. And the earlier you learn that, you're going to be so much more effective with your time and efficient with your time because you're not going to you're not going to get tunnel vision on this one thing that's going to pay you. Now you got like cuz when that closes, it's gone. And now you got nothing else in the pipeline. Yep. You got to keep the pipeline going. That's the name of the game of real estate. 100%. That's all it is. You are supposed to be a lead generating machine. 100%. What's the next one? So my rookie to Rockstar, my first one, is uh, rookies think that they can do everything on their own. Rockstar agents know how to utilize their team, their brokerage, their CRM, and their other clients. You'll learn, uh, you'll learn more to stay on top of your database better and serve your clients better. And what we mean by that is like, let's say you get to a point where you have so many showings or like so much activity happening at one time. I remember, I remember being, um, needing to reach out to you to go show a house for me. And I was able to do that. I think if I was a rookie, I would have been like, okay, I got to try to fit, I got to fit this in and then I got to go be in this city at this time, but then I could go back here and it's just not going to work. I'm panicking. Like, what if I lose this client? What if, like, if I'm servicing this one, am I going to lose this one? Yeah. Utilize your resources. You've got to, if you have a team, I don't know, pay someone 25 bucks to go open a door for you, yeah. you know, or, or whatever, whatever your going rate is where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use a transaction coordinator. You have all these resources at your dis- at your disposal to use to make it not so hectic on yourself so that you can get back to what you said, chasing leads, yes. generating leads. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So don't get too hung up on everything. Like You don't have to do everything yourself. If you don't know a, 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 an answer to a question, reach out to your broker. Reach out to your team members, to your team lead, whoever it is. You've got someone that knows the answer. And one side note is that there's a lot of agents out there that look at brokerages and they always ask, like, hey, do you give us leads, right? And I think there's this analogy that I've been using a lot lately, and you've heard it a bunch, but I'm going to repeat it, is, you know, you would, you would much rather want to have a faucet that you own, right, than someone else's faucet that could be turned off at any time, mm-hmm. right? Because, and you're only getting 50% of the water instead of 100% of the water, right? And so a lot of people depend on other people's tools and other people's um, sources of leads, but they're only getting 50%. And then also that could be shut off at any time. What if the market shifts? What if their partnership 
uh, ends and they don't no longer get those leads anymore. And so that's why it's so important to build your own database or your own um, platform. And what I mean is, you know, networks of uh, and and be able to get your own leads, right? Because if you're focusing, not focusing, if you're relying on other people's leads, um, you, you know, they, they can go away. Yeah, and I there's like a I don't know if it's a parable or what, but uh, if you if you cook fish for a man, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for life. Mm-hmm. So we want to you know our goal is for you to be able to build your own lead sources yes. and become your own influential person so that you don't have to rely on somebody else. Yes. Um, going back to our point about not having uh, or or utilizing your resources, right? We have a very vast network that really works well together. Yes. We have a, a, a recommended, you know, I have a guy that I go to for inspections who I know does a very good, thorough job. I always recommend him. I've got a lender that I love to work with. I've got a transaction coordinator that I know who can do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Those things matter because who you allow to assist in your business reflects on you. Oh, so much. It reflects on you. It may be, that's why like when someone asks or whenever someone gets uh pre-approved by someone i don't know i don't i don't get nervous about it but it's going to be new right i don't know how good this other person is i don't know how responsive this loan officer is so what i do know is if you use this person and this person who i've worked with before you're more likely to have a really solid experience and here's the thing i'm not saying that you you have to use who i use i've had really the most recent closing i had she was phenomenal I might even start using her. Like I, she might be in my recommended people now, but you run the risk, especially when they're like national brands. There's a certain one. I, I'm not going to blast them, but there's a really popular, um, uh, loan company or mortgage company. And when you call them, you have the hardest time getting through to your actual loan officer. Yeah. You go through like a directory. Um, you have to get tossed around between like call centers and stuff like that. That's not a good experience. And that's a reflection on you as the agent. Correct, correct. Because uh, so, whether you like it or not, they're going to connect your recommendation to uh, to that experience as well. Um, yeah. So let's go on to the next one. So uh, a rookie mistake is that if you reduce your commission, more people will work with you. Uh, when in reality, reducing your commission actually devalues your time and it guess what it does it attracts discount clients mm-hmm. i think people some people make their living off of volume that mm-hmm. way sure whatever you want to do if you want to stress yourself out for half commission whatever it is knock yourself out but what you've probably done if if you're having to discount your commission or you're being asked to discount your commission there's one of two things happening. Either that's just how those people are, and they're going to ask anyone that, or B, you haven't sold yourself enough. You haven't proven your value. Mm-hmm. So they don't agree with the value you're placing on what you bring to the table with what you're charging. Yeah. I remember when I first got into real estate, I was wondering why I was having such a hard time with clients that were asking me for discounts. And what I realized was, is like you just said, I wasn't offering enough value. And so what's crazy is, is there are some groups of people that if you give them a discount, they're going to tell all their friends that you gave them a discount too, right? 
And so you get all this business and then you start getting over inundated with discount buyers, discount sellers, and you are and they're always the worst people to work with. They I are. hate to say it. Like like I, hopefully like no one's listening to this. But like people who ask how who have ever asked for discounts, luckily I haven't I haven't experienced that yet, but I've heard nightmares. And they're always from people who want discounts. And yeah. I and it's so great because I we are now in a place where those people, I don't gotta work with them. Yep. It's we talked with Jake. We did about uh, Jake Trust a few episodes ago about completely flipping the script when someone asks you to uh, discount your commission or something like that, and you say, you know what? I've provided a lot, I've outlined a lot of value here for you, and if if you know you're trying to, if you don't see the the extra half a percent uh, value in that, maybe I'm not the realtor for you. And what does it do to them? Oh, it's a boss move. It puts them in a in a weird state of like. What the? F- what just happened? That's not supposed to. What? It, it's the disruptor. Yeah. It's the conversation disruptor or the, the thought disruptor where they had this outcome. They thought they were gonna you know put you in a corner and that you were just gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna roll over and give you you know half of what I'm, I'm gonna bring to the table. Yep. And instead, you're going, no, I believe in myself so much that I'm not gonna take this discount yep. because I know what I'm worth. Absolutely. Um, we talk about worth a lot. And, you know, uh, a lot of realtors have never, I never thought of it this way until you had, you had put it on me one day where you were like, how much do you value your personal time and the, the activities that you do need to be at a certain dollar value per hour? Mm-hmm. So for example, um, if you go to, you know, if you're meeting at, with coffee for, with somebody, going to coffee with somebody, that's like a hundred dollar per hour activity. And so you need to value it to where, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there just talking all the time and there's, it's not leading to anything like you're burning money. Oh, I hate meetings that have no value. I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, I've been in that situation. We were recently in a situation like that where I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, there's no value. There's no gain in this. Right. Um, actually, luckily we did find a gain in that (laughs) recently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It ended up working out, but, but yeah, yeah. it's funny because you know, you just have to, um, I think uh, starting realtors, either your confidence isn't there or you just don't know, Yeah. but the sooner we mentioned it, the sooner you can figure out these little intricacies that we've gone through by valuing your time. And, and knowing that it's okay to say no to someone who isn't seeing the value that you bring. You're going to protect yourself. You're going to protect your time, your sanity. Like I said, those people probably suck to work with. You know? Yeah. And so You want to talk about um, – well, before we talk about that, um, and we're going to talk about the menu of commissions. So yeah. keep that in your head, right? Yep. Uh, but I know – that when people ask me, hey, John, do you mind um, giving me a discount when if you represent me to list your house? What I tell them is this. This is a power move. We've talked about this in about three other episodes, but it's important, right? If we're, if we're going to talk about it, we got to talk about it. Is I ask them this question. I say, if you think that I wouldn't be able to negotiate for my own money, why do you think I would want to negotiate for yours, right? So... Like, and you can even ask in a different way. If you find an agent that is not even going to be able to negotiate for their own if money. If they won't fight for themselves, what makes you think they're going to fight for your interest? Exactly, right? Like, today, um, 
today, in real life scenario, today, um, it's, it's going to be in the last episode too, but I saved a crap ton of money for my client, and that was worth way more than the $5,000 they would have gained if I would have given them a discount, right? I probably saved them t- in total maybe twenty five grand, um, but there was a smaller portion too that was about 7500 but in total, twenty five grand. If they had an agent that did not care about their own money, they probably wouldn't have saved that client twenty five grand, right? Yeah. So it's very important to not only value your money, but value your time, like Jordan just said. So now let's get into the uh, commission menu. Yeah. So there's a, a really great strategy. Um, I'm gonna keep stroking this book off for <laughs> as long as we're doing this. Ninja selling. Buy it if you don't have it, because it's amazing. Uh, one really great tool, and I know I don't think he's like the first person to come up with this, but it's just where I heard it. Um, well, we didn't we write this uh, this class before before you before read we it? read it? Yeah. yeah. So so you're right. I didn't I did see it somewhere else online, uh-huh. and then I also saw it in Ninja Selling gotcha. when once I was reading it. Yeah. Um, so just it's another great tool that people can use. Mm-hmm. So if you are either that concerned about people asking for discounts or um, you just want to add this as an option because what they find is that if you lay out these this three different options right for commissions a lot of times people will see the value of the standard or the higher one so the way it works is let's say just for general numbers again commissions are negotiable but let's just say that six percent if you're listing a house slip you know, three and three is the standard in your market. Let's say that that's your standard. You have an option below 6% and you have an option above 6%. So now what you've done is you've shown and you, and you outline. So if you're going to take off, you know, either 1% or half a percent, here's what I'm going to do for you with this listing at 5% or five and a half percent. Here's what you're, here's the extra stuff you're going to get for the standard. This is my standard thing that I do for you. So an example of that would be normally I'll pay for your for your pictures. But in the five and a half percent one, I'm not gonna pay for your pictures. Mm-hmm. You gotta provide your own pictures. That's a convenience factor. And I know I've seen people online uh, on the Mastermind group talking about it back to back episodes. I've seen people when when this subject gets brought up where they say, Oh, well, pictures are only like two hundred dollars. But then they gotta go through the inconvenience of finding someone to do it. They gotta research who who can do real estate photography. Going through the hassle of booking it and all that. There is a a price for convenience. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people buy fast food? Because they don't know how to cook? They know how to cook. It's convenient. There was another thing, too. It was um, I went out to a listing recently, and uh, the photographer was there, and um, the sellers were there as well. And they didn't realize how much I actually get involved with the listing photos. Uh, I don't. I mean, sometimes the sellers will have a, a good enough eye for modern look, uh, but sometimes they, they ask for help. And I was out there. I was moving things. I was changing things up. I was making sure that the, the natural light comes in. We could move some curtains. We could move this, move that, move this. And um, you wouldn't get that with the discount buyer. Exactly. Buyer's agent. You, exactly. You someone that actually cares, right? Because those little details, especially in a market that's seven, eight percent interest rates, actually matter. 
right? Oh, exactly. The the involvement, the the personalized, like you being present through this transaction matters. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, we talk about the pandemic time where you could post up a sign and the house would get sold. You could put iPhone pictures up and it would get sold. Yeah, it's a different time, different and, game. And you've got to you've got to work for your money now. Um, so here's the thing. I showed you an example of, of a downward one. We went from mm. 6% to 5%, right? Yeah. There's a 7% option. Ooh. And you know what's crazy? In that book, he talks about how when they see the value of the increased commission, a lot of people actually go for 7%. Interesting. Yes. So an example of a value add there is you could say, I'm going to allocate X amount of money towards a Facebook ad or a promotion of some sort for your property. I'm also going to stage your property if it's vacant to show it in its best light. Yeah. Little value adds like that make the difference. Yeah. And so don't... And then having a menu, like you said, having a menu and having those value propositions almost in line item, right? Line item. And then also, just like a lot of salespeople do, is most popular, 6%. Yes. So I've got a 5% option, a 6% option, and a 7% option. Which one works best for you? And you're making... We talked about, I think last episode, we're taking ourselves out of it. This is what I'm going to give you. What do you want to do? You want a discount? I've got a discount option for you. <laughs> it's not it's not the best option, but I've got one for you. Yeah. So kind of two different ways to, to go about it. Like you can, you can pull the boss move and tell them to kick rocks that you don't need them. Um, or you have a menu of services say, hey, you know what? I'm at, you know, thank you. Thank you for, for asking. Here's what I can do for you yeah. if you want a discount. Yeah. So what's the next rookie mistake? Yeah. So next rookie mistake is uh, thinking that being a realtor means everyone you know will want to work with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> the HGTV effect. You get your license, and all of a sudden, you're booming in business. Ugh. That is not how it goes. Rock stars know that getting people to want to work with you is a game of influence, consistency, and likability. Holy shit, I'm going to read it again. Getting people to want to work with you is a game of influence, consistency, and likability. I would say that when I first started, I thought everyone was going to work with me. And then, you know, you have a similar story, too. You can share that in here in a second. But when I expected someone to work with me and they actually work with someone else, it really hurt. It does. Me. It does. It hurt. I had, I had one very recently, and I was, I was pretty upset by it. Oh, recently? Yeah. What happened? Um, someone from a, a group that I, I frequent, um, they had actually hit me back up a while back to, to get some insights on a certain neighborhood, which opened the door for a conversation. I thought I had good report, you know, and I probably do. I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to look too personally into it. Yeah. I think that they like me as a person. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this other realtor offered or w- what it is that made them go with them, but it was hurtful to me because they reached out to me and I did everything I could to try mm-hmm. to help them. I responded and then it was like, I got ghosted. Gotcha. And I'm like, okay. So then like I, I reached out like to the wife and I'm like, Hey, like, you know, your husband reached out to me. Uh, I, I gave him some info. Like, how can I help you guys? Yeah. And it just never manifested in. Like, they weren't honest with me about, oh, we're, you know, either we're picking your brain to reinforce what we're being told by someone else. I don't know what it was. Mm. But it hurt nonetheless. Yeah. And so even as a, as a non-rookie agent, that happens. Yeah. So, but yeah, my, my very first uh, transaction, I helped. I was a, a buyer. I helped a buyer you know, uh, buy out in Georgetown and they had a house that they needed to sell and he knew me 
personally because he was an old uh, co-worker of mine. And he didn't use me to list his house. And I was like, so you trust me enough to help you buy but not to sell your house. But here's here's where my my mentality went with that. He knew he probably knew that locating a property would be easier than selling and it was a very important move for them. And so he, because he knew I was brand new, I didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. I, I went in and I, I killed the listing presentation. Mm. I remember I think I called you and I was like, dude, I freaking rocked that. Yeah. There's no way I'm not getting this. It went so well and it went not almost any differently than my listing presentations now. And I was like, I got this in the bag. This is easy. And then when they told me they were using someone else, I was so shocked and hurt by it. I didn't even know how to respond. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. And then like, I went back and I stewed on it. And like, then I was like, I texted, I messaged him. I was like, Hey, like, did I do something? Like, like, is there a reason that, that, um, that you guys, you know, aren't, aren't awarding me this opportunity. And all he said was, he was like, he's like, no, he's like, it's nothing you did. He goes, I, he goes, I just, we want someone with more experience to list our house. Yeah. I was like, all right, respect. Cool. Yeah. Um, one piece of advice that I would get agents in that scenario. And although he already knew you personally, yeah. but it's hard when someone knows your brand, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's different whenever you can go in and be confident and, and like, if I, because I guarantee you, if I didn't know him and I did that same presentation, I would have got that listing. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, uh, there was an agent recently that I mentor, and he told me, "Do I do I tell him that I'm a new agent?" And I told him, "I was like, dude, you cannot tell this guy that you're a new agent, right? Leverage the fact that you work with top producing agents and say, hey, 'Hey, I'm on a team that sells X amount of houses per year, and and you're not only getting me, you're getting our team, right? Or or some type of or or you're not only getting me, but you're getting my broker, or my brokerage, or, or whatever." In environment that you're in uh it's just so important i i always tell people do not tell people that you are new right and the thing is is clients want to work with winners and so that's why uh i don't feel bad anymore about sharing my wins because i know my clients the reason why clients reach out to me is because they see my past wins and like hey if he's winning so many times then he'll he's gonna win with me so that's why i share my wins i'm not gonna lie and if you don't like me sharing my wins then you don't have to be in my life yeah. Dang. That was sick. Yeah. I mean, all, all we had to do is to market ourselves. Yeah. Like when you're a real estate agent, it's very unlikely that you have, I mean, you have your, your ambassadors who look out for opportunities for you, mm-hmm. but you're your marketing machine. You know, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I'm, I only have social media because I'm in real estate. Uh, I lost a Facebook to a, my old Facebook account to a hacker Thought I would never get back online. And, uh, here we go. I'm on freaking TikTok and, and uh, YouTube and everything. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. So, um, rookie mistake number one. I got my real estate license, so now I know everything I need to know. What are your thoughts on that? You don't know shit. <laughs> you, you know how to not go to jail. That's all you know when you yeah. get your license. Yeah. So much of the actual real life experience is so much more valuable to, to what's going to change the trajectory of your career versus just knowing how, you know, the, the RESPA act or whatever the, um, what year, how many this... feet are in an acre? Yeah. Uh, what is, uh, 
What is that? 43,560? Something like that. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm about I, to get roasted. I know, right? <laughs> if that's uh, wrong. I know, right? Well, that's the thing is we're selling houses and you, you might... I'm not worried about it, right? You're not worried about it. <laughs> no, but it's just so important. In your first couple of years, you definitely need to go to as much education, as many classes, as many networking events. Just you really got to surround yourself with the right people. I say that so many times in every episode, but the reason why is because it works for me. It's changed both of our trajectories. Yeah. Like... We were in a wrong, uh, not in an ideal setup. Our first, you know, my first year was yeah. was not uh, productive as far as like getting me to where I needed to be. Yeah. And as soon as you change your environment and you be around people who are win, it's hard when you're around winners to not want to be a winner. A hundred percent. Or to to be like, dang, I got to step my game up, yeah. or I want to try something, or to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see someone who's who is buying, you know a house that of their dreams and you go, dang, that can, that can actually be me versus people who pedal around and, and blame the market for why they can't make money or yep. do deals or, or pour into their client base. Yep. Sorry. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. So it's just so important. You know, we always talk about mentors. So, um, mentorship is one of the the best things that you can do and a lot of times it's removing your ego removing your pride and just listening to people that have the results that you want to have right because a lot of times people are coming from 20 years of expertise and they're the top dogs in their in their current career and now they want to get into real estate when in reality it may not be the same thing you've got to sort of remove that ego remove that pride and learn new tactics new strategies because Real estate is not what you have learned in your real estate classes. <laughs> yeah. Keep educating yourself. Yeah. Books, uh, networking events, just being around winners, it, it makes a huge difference. Learners are earners. That's one note I put. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Oh, yeah. Like focusing on the wrong things. Like a lot of people think that, you know, you have to put on this outward appearance. Of, of success when you're not and kind of like that fake it till you make it thing. Um, I think people really don't care that much. You know, like if you pull up in a car, that's not a, you know, a 2023 Tesla model Y, it doesn't matter. You know, like work your ass off so you can get there. But I don't if, know if I have I ever shared that story about the yellow cobalt. I, I don't know. I remember. Share it. Let's talk about it. I remember driving up. I think it was my first year in real estate and they loved me as an agent, but I drove up to their house and I had a yellow cobalt. It was an old, old broke down car. And they, they walked outside of their house. Cause I think I was dropping something off and they go, they go, John, Oh, they make you drive that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just, I saved up money to purchase that car, you know? And they, and they, they thought that. I they made me drive my brokerage made me drive that yellow car, uh, but you know I was super self conscious when I first got into real estate, um, but I, luckily I got over that. Really one quickly. one note that I have here that I, I want to share because it's a good one. Um, so I realized two things: if I care more for the client than the next agent, and I give knowledgeable information mm-hmm. to the client that best represents them, not me, then I will be the agent that they work with. Hundred percent. People, people aren't worried when you're interviewing to, you know. I'm sure there's some people, maybe certain price points like luxury. They probably want to see a, a certain status or like a certain attire, yeah. things like that. But for your everyday buyer and seller, they're not concerned about what car you're driving. They're worried about the objective that they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So if you can convey 
that you understand what they're looking to do and how you bridge the gap between that being uh, a dream and a reality, that's game over. Mm-hmm. You're gonna win that. You're gonna win that client. Yeah, yeah. We've got a friend that uh, sells a crap ton of houses, three, four x times what we do, and we already when we sell a crap ton of houses too. So he's selling four times that, which is insane as an individual agent. And he was telling us that it really doesn't matter. You know, at first when he started, yes, it's super important to dress a certain way. But once you have those results, you can walk up to a house and know that you've already sold 150 houses. Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter because they know you, that you have those results. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, would, I, was, I was thinking about it. Um, we just did a, a walkthrough of a $6 million house. Yeah. And I'm like, I probably should have dressed up a little more for that. <laughs> I look back at my video and I'm like, mm probably should have put on like a suit or something you know but it was 106 outside like yeah cut me a break dog what is your opinion on that though because a lot of agents that are new are probably wondering what should they dress like so there's a lot of modern like you can probably see how i'm i don't know some people might be able to see how i'm dressed up now i'm very i'm a i love dressing up casual Mm -hmm. um i'm in joggers i'm in a you know kind of an athletic shirt Uh, but is that how you dressed at the very beginning no Okay. No. So whenever I you dress to impress. Okay. Think of it that way. Um, you don't have to throw on the suit every time. Um, again, if it's a lux- luxury listing, you probably want to throw the suit on, right? Mm-hmm. They they expect a certain quality, mm. right? That's a different clientele when you get into multiple millions of dollars of a listing as opposed to a three hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah. Um, but. I always I dress something nice. I I'll do like a button up. Mm-hmm. I'll do some, you know, some slacks and some dress shoes or something like that. Mm. Think of it like like going to church. Yeah. You know, Sunday's best. Eating at Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to get fancy yeah. and go to Chili's and yeah. get the awesome blossom. You I know, know right? Um, for me, I think that it just depends on the client, right? So if I don't know the client, I always dress up. You know, I always make sure that I I'm dressed too to a certain level, yeah. uh, especially if I don't know them. Now, if I know them, I will still dress up to Sunday's best, right? Um, or, you know, like I'm going to Chili's. And then if I if I really know them, like if it was like my best friend, like Jordan, then I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Your friend, like even if you know them, they might still be wanting some kind of yes. professional look from you. A hundred percent. You know, you and you might think just because I know them, I can be real casual. And I can let my hair down around them. Yeah. And they they want to see your best foot, right? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they could still like you and, and know you, but yeah. they've got to trust that. Like this is a this isn't selling a, a you know a dollar candy bar. We're talking about a hundreds of thousand dollars involved in this transaction. So they're going to expect a certain amount of professionalism from you. Yeah. So um, I want to talk about five character. I want to talk about five characteristics of a rock star real estate agent, and then you'll go right into the 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 rookie uh, mistake. They right, on me right after that. Okay. Um, so five characteristics of a rock star realtor. One, they are knowledgeable of their local market. That is extremely important. If you do not know what's going on in your real estate market, your local. Um, the, the market that you actually live in, you need to know. Number two, they build influence. Now, this might be one of the most important ones out of all of them, besides the next one that I'm about to say, but building influence within your community, within your networks is extremely important. And, you know, we talked about this a few minutes ago, but, you know, these agents that just expect people to work with them, right? 
when you have influence, you don't even need to expect people to work with you because they already know about you, right? And so that's why it's so important. To you have don't influence. have to sell yourself. You don't. Now you just got to deliver the value. Exactly. Yep. Um, number three, they lead with a servant's heart. This one might be the most important one uh, because people want to work with authentic people that actually care for them. Jordan was saying earlier that if he cares more than the other agent, then they're always going to want to work with Jordan, right? And so that one is one of the most especially when you just trying to decide who you should work for, right? Like a brokerage or a team, make sure that they actually care about you, right? If they have a servant's heart, I would uh, put them at the top of the list. Number four, they don't sweat the small things. You want to talk about that one? Yeah. Uh, there are certain times where you need to be the expert because shit's going to go wrong in real estate. Mm -hmm. Not every transaction is under contract to close yep. and it's a smooth, smooth road. Yeah. Sometimes things come up. We just talked about last episode, appraisal came in short, right? Not panicking and making, blowing things up into a big deal and making your client panic. Yeah. You know, I had a thing where, um, two days before closing, I got told that the lender couldn't work with my title company. So dumb. It, dumbest thing that ever, that I've ever had come up and I'm like, we're two days from closing. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. And instead of going to my clients and sweating the small stuff and being like, Hey guys, there's this thing that's going wrong, but like, uh, sh hopefully you're not packed up. Like things could, what if they back out? We got it figured out. Mm -hmm. And I, they had no idea that even got brought up unless they're listening to this. So you got to be the expert and, and stay cool as a cucumber when things go wrong. Because if you give off panic, your, your clients are going to pick up on that and they're going to panic. You know, a lot of times I have to remind myself, even today, even today, I have to remind myself that I can not worry about what I can't control, right? I should not worry about what I cannot control. Today, I couldn't control what the house was going to appraise at, but I could control how we're going to find a solution, right? And so for the last couple of days, I've been, honestly, I'm going to be honest, I like, I have been worrying about what the house is going to appraise at for one of my clients. We got it done. We got it figured out. It's signed off, and we're going to close. Um, and I just wasted three days of anxiety. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. So what's the uh, the next rookie? Oh, you know what? And the last one is 90% of their time is lead generating. We always talk about that. Uh, but to real quick summarize, again, it's they're knowledgeable of their local market. They build influence. They lead with a servant's heart. They don't sweat the small things. And 90% of their time is lead generating, which is five characteristics of a rock star realtor. And being a rock star realtor is more than just making money through real estate. Um, John has shared stories in the past about how he uh, gives back to his community and, you know, the freeze that happened back in 2021, February 2021, Texas, it was pretty devastating. And he sprung into action. And what was cool is he did it. It goes with the servant's heart to serve his community. And he built influence from that. And it wasn't even the objective. It was just to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. He saw an opportunity to give back. And so he provided meals, eight, 800 meals. Right. Yeah, 800 plus. Yeah. I mean, it was closer to 1,000, but yeah. So a bunch of meals for our, our community up in Leander for people who didn't have power, water, food. Like, it was, it was a crazy time, but he took action. And that, in turn, showed his heart, and it showed that he, uh, you know, he built influence from that. I remember, like, people posting him on Facebook and being like, look at what John did for our community. 
And that's so amazing because you, you can do good within your, your immediate sphere. It feels good. It feels good for your soul and it builds your influence up. And like we were saying earlier, you know, leading with a servant's heart, I wasn't expecting anything from that. I, I legitimately was not expecting anything from that, but what came from that one thing led to millions of things. Yeah. It's insane. Well, your influence can make you money. So use your money to build your influence. Mm. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> your influence can make you money. So use your money to gain influence. So we always talk about, we use our commissions as ways. Of course, we got to provide for ourselves. We've got things that we like. We've got lifestyles that we need to support and, and people in our lives. We got wives and kids and things like that. But what do you do with the excess, right? Do you just hold it all? Do you give back a little bit? We, you know, John throws a, an end of year uh, client event for at Christmas where he just absolutely gives back to uh, our our group and and it's a great time. Clients get to come back, get win some prizes, have a great meal, and just hang out. And guess what that does? Built influence. It's another opportunity to see his clients again. That's like the the residual effect of what that event is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so um, expounding upon that, the next one is that rock star agents do have influence, right? And so basically your income equals the amount of people you work with plus the level of service you give them, right? And so a lot of times people say your network is your net worth, right? We've said that a lot. And it's extremely important to have a good network of people building a network of people and then also leading that network through example right so uh for example yesterday um so i i do a dad's basketball uh we do it uh wednesdays and fridays and there was this new guy there and he was super tall super strong and he was very aggressive um he started um he started acting out of character of our network. He was being extremely aggressive, uh, and uh, you know he was um, he was pretty much about to get in a fight. I stopped the game, and I had the ball next to me, and there were twenty people there, and I told him he was on my team too. He wasn't on the other team, right? I go, dude, that's not how we act here, and he was like, why not? And I was like, because every single person on this court has kids. We have a family. We're trying to be examples for those kids. And, like, everybody was like, whoa, what the heck? Like, I I have to remind myself a lot that we have to remove our ego and our pride. <laughs> because if I did not remove my ego and my pride, there would be a fight on that court, right? But when we build and lead by example in front of people, and actually choose to remove our ego and our pride, we are creating a community that we would want to be a part of. Yeah. I love that. Well, what you're giving out is what you're going to attract. And um, someone, oh, my God, there was a quote recently that said, uh, I think it was what Alex, you had shared something that Alex had mentioned, where your circumstances are a product of what you allow in your life. Yeah. You know? 
He, he said something along those mm-hmm. lines where, you know, whatever you're going through is something that you've allowed yourself to either be comfortable in or, mm, you know, yeah. with people that are, are, you know, negative in your life, you're making the conscious decision to keep those people around. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, again, there's extremes of everything. There's exceptions to every rule. But as a general rule of thumb, if you look around and all you see is a bunch of losers or complainers, you need to look inward and, and yeah. say, am I... Am I allowing these people to weigh me down and keep me down? Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, the next one is, let's see here. So consistent reach out with your sphere and collecting their data is critical. A hundred percent, you know. And and we do that with uh, a lot of our events. Um, we are always collecting data and always trying to stay in front of people, right? And don't be afraid to ask for people's phone numbers. I think a lot of times people are afraid to do that, especially when they first get into real estate. Um, when you're coming from a mindset of, I'm going to help this person, it's a lot easier to do, right? Yeah. Hey, hey what's what's a good phone number? You know, yesterday, hey, hey guys, can you give me your phone number, right? Yeah. I'm going to help you, right? You were doing that yesterday at that table. Uh, that was awesome. But back when I first got into real estate, it was hard for me to do that. Just simply ask for a phone number. Well, you're sitting there thinking, what are they thinking about me whenever I say this? And it's like, uh, Polly had mentioned in a recent episode of ours, two, I think two episodes ago, he said when your intentions match what you're doing, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about what other people are thinking about. Oh, you. yeah. That's so that was good. such a good nugget there. Such good. So good. So, you know, if you're secure in who you are as a person and what your intentions are, everything else is outside of your control. And, yeah. pe- and you know, we talk about frequencies and authenticity and energies and things like that because it's all true. It's all true. It all We're trying to make, like, a, a super value-giving human being. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're not trying to make better salespeople, although there's tips and tricks that we can help you with there. It's more so how do we get people in the right mind frame for success? Yeah. You know, cause I, I think some people think it's snake oil where like, if you just talk about it, it's just going to happen. Like you got to do, I tell people all the time, we can give you the tools. You got to do the work still. Yeah. You got to do the work on yourself and, and implement these things. Otherwise, if you just know how to do it and you don't do it, you're not going to get the results. 100%. It's just how it goes. It's like knowing how to work out, but you don't work out. You know, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I know all the nutritional stuff, and I know I need to go do this, and if I do this, I'll lose 30 pounds. It's like, then why, why are you fat? Yeah, I know. <laughs> why, am I taking, why am I taking workout advice from someone who's fat? You know what I mean? Yeah. So one of the most influential people in this entire planet is Jesus Christ. And one thing in the Bible is we notice a few things. One is that he asked a ton of questions. He actually asked 307 questions, right? That's a lot of questions throughout the Bible. Um, And then two, he surrounded himself with people at all times, right? And so for us, like, if you want to build influence, you've got to ask a ton of questions and then also surround yourself with with people all the time, you know, good people. Um, That that going in, talking about Jesus... um, Number three, rock star agents are always serving others, right? Yeah, and it's – I think this industry is looked at so poorly. Um, we're looked at as, like, second-rate car salesmen. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, commission breath. Yep. I think that's all people think that we're good for. Yeah. Um, I experienced a little, a little bit of that on my YouTube channel 
where I literally just posted a video coming of a place of value where I was trying to say like, hey, here's my my three best tips I can give you in a 60 second video on how to sell your home quickly in a buyer's market. I didn't pitch anyone hard. I didn't I didn't even throw anything out there. And yet there was still some bozo online who was like, I hope you realtors keep taking L's. And then another person who was like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I have to understand that this is a, a, a product of what they view realtors as, not me. It's yeah. not who they think I am. It's they see my profession yes. and they think this is who I am. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate. We're trying to change the, the culture of or, or the, the outward view yeah. of what we do as an industry. 100%. And also I would say um, if you've ever been to a car dealership and it's so annoying when there's like five de- car dealers you know, or sales guys just running to your car basically. It oh, seems yeah. it seems like they're just running to your car and it's just so like ugh, it's right? immediately off-putting. It's immediately off-putting. And I, we and realtors have a way of doing that too. Exactly. Like where you can annoy the crap out of your client and they're not ready to buy yet but like you keep trying to force them to be ready. Yeah. And and like there's a there's a system to not be annoying. Well, the, well what would that system look like? So we have it to where, like, so I, I have a, an A, B, and C client. Okay. I have a client. A clients are active clients. Uh, Bs are my ambassadors, people who I've worked with in the past. C is my sphere and prospects. Okay. So people I know that are going to purchase in the future. So I keep up with my A people on a it, it's on, on a per-client basis, mm-hmm. but it's at least, like, once every other day or something like that. Yeah. Um, those people need constant contact because I'm giving them updates about their transaction uh, or where we're at in a certain negotiation process. The B people, my ambassadors, um, I keep up with them. You know, a lot of them are just naturally my friends. Yeah. So I just I talk to them. You know, it's not like I have to schedule something. Yeah. But my C people are like once a quarter. I'm not gonna bother. Like if you're not ready to buy and I'm not like personal friends with you, I'm not gonna bother you that much. If anything, I'm going to provide something of value the next time I talk to you. I'm going to give you an update on what's going on, and that's it. And you're going to let me know when you're ready. I'm not going to bully you into forcing me out of your life. Like, hey, can you unsubscribe me from your from your, you know, notifications or what? Like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want someone. I, I'm not going to say who it was, but recently I, I went through a, a program, and I'm not kidding you. In one 24-hour period, I got like eight emails from this one training program. And I was like, I'm unsubscribing. This is annoying as hell. Is that the course that you just took? Yes. <laughs> yes. I called it. It was very valuable, but it was valuable, but eight emails, Come eight on. emails was crazy. Like it was very over the top. Wow. So yeah. I mean, even me as someone in the industry, I got annoyed by that, by that. Yeah. So what do your clients think? And that's the thing is like, the the groups that I'm a part of, they just offer so much value that they don't need to uh, to annoy the crap out of people. Yeah, right? it's like this dude, you know, is giving so much free value. I I just want to be a part of what he's got going on, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's like how do, and you as well, the listener, how do you add so much value to people's lives that you are naturally the first real estate agent that they want to work with? Yeah, and there's plenty of ways to do it: education, connection, 
uh, value in some way. Events. Uh, events, yeah. right? Connecting people through relationships. Like, that is a ton of value. You know, in my dad's group, um, I found out that two guys met up in the dad's group, and now they went on va- their families went on vacation to, uh, to Mexico. That's sick. Like, that's awesome, right? And all I did was provide a platform that they could meet, right? And so, for me, that was a gift that I sort of gave them. And so now I'm, you know, I'm having lunch. With, I had lunch with them yesterday, you know, yeah. and, and uh, it was just cool. But relationships, you know, we say this all the time. Real estate is a relationship business and not a transaction business. And if you can focus on the relationship, your business will always thrive. Yeah. Like I think about the people in my, in my CRM right now who are my C people. Mm. What do those contacts look like? I'm not contacting them to be like where it's every time I'm calling going, hey, so are you ready to buy yet? Hey, you ready to buy it? That that's gonna that's gonna get old so fast. So I think about the start of summer. I Austin Title, uh, one of the title companies here, made a, a great PDF with us mm-hmm. to provide a, a list of suggestions, you know, suggested events in the Austin area for summer. I sent that to them. I said, hey, uh, just thinking about you. Uh, here here's a a great little guide on some things going on here in the local area. Let me know if you go to any of them if it, if it was cool. Did I say anything about real estate? No, but I still provided something of value to them. It was a touch, right? So you don't have to necessarily be talking real estate every single time you talk to somebody mm-hmm. because that seems very salesy. Yeah, so. 100%. Um, okay, so a little bit of a summarization uh, because we're going to have to uh, end here soon. Uh, but one was is that I wanted to really talk about uh, a few tips for a listing presentation. I'm not going to lie. We already talked about number one and number two. So I want to talk about number three, which is when you are at a listing presentation, um, it's always important because it, especially if you find out that um, they may be interviewing other people. Happens all the time. All the time. Um, one thing that I always um, – that has always helped me. And honestly, I think I've gotten like 99% of every listing appointment that I've ever gotten is because one, I've already built influence with them. Right. And then two, I'm always going to make sure that I have some type of value proposition. And then three at the very end of every listing presentation, you know what? That last one, I didn't do it, but I got the, I got the deal still, but almost every single one, uh, 99% of them, um, I will do this. I will bring a client list, right? Oh, you know why I didn't do it? It's because I've already helped her twice. Mm. So I makes sense. To. Yeah, she already knows my experience. A client list. Let's talk about a client list. A client list is um, agent. Not, I'm not agents. Clients that you've worked in th- with in the past that you may have given them a very amazing experience. And what you do is you call the past client and say, "Hey." You know, I'd like to put you on my client list, and this is just a list of people that um, some of my future clients may call just to get your opinion about the experience that they have worked with me, right, or that you have worked with me. And what happens is, this has happened time and time after again. If you are interviewing with a client and they are interviewing several agents, none of them are giving them a client list. And two, they're going to be calling to make sure that, that you're legit, right? Yeah. And I've gotten the the 
the listing every single time. Well, yeah, you make sure that your raging fans are the ones that you're putting on there. They're the ones. That, they're your advocates. They're Ra- the ones. Raving fans. Yeah, that's what I said. You said raging fans. Oh, raging too. Raging <laughs> raving fans. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you want to you because they're gonna highlight you, yes. right? And so if you don't have any clients, you know that. Maybe this isn't the thing to do, but as soon as you get clients and you give them a really solid experience, put them on that list Mm -hmm. because it is a differentiator. Again, we talk about where you have to be different. You have to stand out in this day and age to to win listings because we all have the same information, right? We all are going to come up with about the same uh, value of this property to list at. What's going to be different about you? is what other people say about you. Yeah. You're leveraging other people's influence to win li- more business. Boom. That's it. And if you got anything from this entire podcast, what he just said is super important. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, one there thing- was a lot more, too. I'm, I was actually shocked that we had that much more. I told you from the beginning. You did. You did. You said we're probably gonna <laughs> we're probably gonna run out of time. I didn't realize it was that much stuff. Yeah, we got a lot. A lot of value pack in here. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it means a lot to us. One thing that we're always trying to do is trying to help out that agent that just can't get to the next level, you know, because we were those agents before. And if you want to surround yourself with a community of agents that are absolutely killing it and trying to get to that next level, we are doing a consistent every Sunday night at 7 p.m. It starts mid-September uh, power hour. Right. And so Jordan and I used to do this uh, consistently and it really helped our business. And the reason why we do it on Sunday nights is because we're trying to get ready for the following week. And we're going to be bringing on guests that are making millions every year. And it's all free. There's literally no catch. September 10th will be the first one. September 10th. That's the tentative should be our first one. September 10th. Um, we're super excited about it. We think it's just another great value add that we can provide for you. It's free, um, no strings attached. We are just trying to get – we want to surround ourselves with people who are wanting to better themselves. And like you said earlier, people that listen to podcasts, they want to better themselves. So it's so important. We want people – we want you guys to be around other people that want to better themselves, right? Yeah. And so, That's the community we want to be a part of. Exactly. And so that's our goal is to build a community of agents that are absolutely killing it, dominating it in every area of their life. They're- if you need that link, check the Spotify uh, d- description, check the uh, Apple Podcast description, or if it's not there, reach out to John or myself on social media. We'll get that link over to you. Super excited. You want to wrap it up? Guys, thank you again. John said it. You guys are why we do this. Um, if if we can ask anything from you, if I can bother you for like two seconds, if you got any value out of this podcast here today, Wherever you're at, if you're not driving, leave us a review. You don't have to like, you don't have to gas us up. Just leave us a little review. Let us know if you've gotten any value out of it. Um, we we appreciate you guys. You guys keep pushing us to to do this and to to pour into you. And we're just we're so excited to see what you do. We really are, and we want to be part of your journey. So thank you. Go be great in your local markets, and hopefully we'll see you on the the Sunday call. See you guys. See ya.